When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One day in 2017, Amy Wolf learned of the suicide rates in her small town of Newburgh, Oregon. The numbers just about knocked her out of her chair. She didn't know what to do, but she knew she had to do something. So she and her husband and their two children drove around their community and anonymously staked 20 encouraging yard signs with messages like, don't give up. You are worthy of love. Your mistakes do not define you. And little did she know that this small act of kindness would snowball into a global movement. This is Sounds Good. I'm Brandon Harvey. Almost immediately after posting up these signs, community interest exploded. Amy and her husband built a website. They opened a bank account and they hired a graphic designer to design signs. They turned their project into a nonprofit called Don't Give Up. And their simple messages of hope have made their way to all 50 states in 26 countries. Oh my goodness, 26. They've been featured in Good Morning America, Yahoo, The Washington Post, Now This, and countless other outlets. I sat down with Amy, I guess virtually, even though we're both here in Oregon, to talk about the power of kind words and how they can literally save lives. Her story is one of heartbreak moving us to action and in turn, making an impact that can have a domino effect around the world. She also shares three simple myths about changing the world and helps us undo them in our mind so that hopefully it will motivate us to take action. And I also just want to say from the get-go that in this episode, we're going to discuss some difficult mental health topics like self-harm and suicide. So please keep that in mind if you're listening with children around or if that's challenging for you at this time. All right, here's my conversation with Amy Wolf. I'd love to just start from the beginning. And what was the message on the first signs you created? Ooh, that's good. We printed and staked 20 yard signs in our small town. And they had all of them said, don't give up on the back. And the fronts were two different messages. They said, you are worthy of love or your mistakes don't define you. Mm. And why those words? What, what was the inspiration or the catalyst? Oh, like everyone, Brené Brown. <laughs> I, I just, I had just finished reading a book of hers. My favorite is "The Gifts of Imperfection," and those truths just were ringing around, bouncing around my head. And so, when I felt inspired to print the signs, those were the first messages. And what was going on in your community that where you said these words are important? They are needed in this community right now. I was sitting in the family room of a friend. There was a 
three or four families that we get together every week and we just do life together, coordinated, facilitated through our church group. And one of our friends is a teacher in the school district, and he had mentioned the suicide rates among the students. And I remember feeling completely helpless in, in what to do and also determined not to do nothing. And that's the night that I resolved to take action somehow around a topic that was rather intimidating. I don't suffer from self-harm ideation. I don't struggle with any mental illnesses or challenges. And so I felt very unqualified, but also stubbornly determined to do something and not be apathetic or wait for someone else to do it. So that's where the signs came from. But I'll tell you, Brandon, the the vision of the signs came years prior, and it really wasn't around mental health. It was this vision of signs that said, don't give up, whether it was cheering someone on going through a divorce or fighting a health diagnosis or trying to kick an addiction. I just thought to myself, what? how would I feel if I was in the middle of chaos or trauma or heartache and on my way to work and in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> I see this sign that <laughs> cheers me on. And so the the timing of it was because of the mental health crises that we're still experiencing in our community, but also the messages really were birthed out of a, a rallying cry for anyone anywhere. That is amazing. And I, I love, I don't know if this is the right word, but like, I love the playfulness of it. Like, I, I love the idea of somebody thinking like, kind of struggling and, and almost thinking to themselves, like, I just need a sign. You know, I think I think we've all kind of heard that cliche before. And then there's quite literally a sign, like a yard sign yeah. that's planted somewhere. And it's an unconventional and creative way to solve a problem or to, to at least move the needle a little bit. And you kind of said, you said you kind of felt unqualified uh, to be the person to do this. What background did you have? Like, did you have graphic design skills? Did you have yard sign making skills? Like, was there anything you brought to the table where you're like, I have these things? <laughs> Bachelor's degree in yards, yard science. Great. No. Classic. <laughs> nope. No graphic design background. No formal training on trauma or psychology 101, I think, was the most I had learned about human behavior. And so, no, nothing. Not qualified in the slightest. But... Uh, my heart was saying, do it anyway. And so I did it anyway. But no, nothing qualified me. In fact, I remember I I put the signs in my trunk. My kids got loaded up in the car. My husband got in the driver's seat. And I thought to myself, this is the dumbest, dumbest idea. Yard signs won't help anyone. Like, who do I think I am? And Luckily, I was going to do it anonymously, so it didn't matter if they sucked. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, and then within hours on online platforms, people started saying, where did these signs come from? I want one in my yard. Oh my gosh, this was a sign at the right place at the right time for me. And that's when we kind of came out of the woodwork and said, it was us. If you want to order signs, we'll order more. And it blew up big time and became a global movement. And so it really taught me you know, what qualifies us to help each other? What qualifies us to take action? Just love 
and resilience. And I'm certainly not perfect. I have my own kind of challenges. And yet we link arms and we go through this messy life together. That's so beautiful because you truly have created this global movement. And I I love that you didn't come in with a great deal of confidence because I know from the times where I've tried to make a difference, where I've tried to start something new, I did not feel confident either. I When I started Good Good Good, I genuinely was like, this is the dumbest idea ever. But you I thought have to that try too? It. Yes, 100%. And I, I mean, I still think it's a dumb idea to make print newspapers <laughs> filled with good news. Uh, I think everybody does. But for some reason, they, they are effective and they help. Why? Why do you think it works? Why do you think it's successful? Because I've had to reflect on that too. Like, why this? Why these words? So why do you think the newspaper? I think one, I think that our brains have this crazy thing that makes it so that bad news sticks to our brains easier and good news doesn't. And I think that when you do something bizarre, something weird, something outside the box, it helps subvert that in our minds. So part of it is just that the medium actually allows us to absorb good news better. I think the other thing is for at least our community, we have a value system where we believe in the power of celebrating the good in the world, but also taking action. But those are things that are very internal. And it's so nice to have a physical manifestation of this thing you believe in. And I think that's true for you too. I think that's how I feel too. Yeah. I think that people believe in these words, but those words have to stay in your brain. And sometimes you get to say them to somebody at the right moment. But what if you have a way to show that that is what you believe in a public way that is selfless. You know, you're putting those yard signs out in a way that's not like nobody benefits from the yard sign being out there except for the people who need the message. And I think that's really powerful. We don't even make money off the product. Literally, we sell, <laughs> we sell everything at cost. No one is profiting. It's all for the goodness of trying to cheer each other on in life. You know, there's a flip side to what you said, and it is selfless. And then we get these messages. I remember one was from a local woman here near my town of Newburgh, Oregon, who said, I just got diagnosed with cancer and I ordered a sign and I stuck it in my own freaking front yard because I need to look out my window and remind myself, don't give up. Don't give up the fight. You fight this and I need it for me. And I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful example of how we should not just be givers of hope, but takers, that we would be both is incredibly powerful. And so I hear stories like that often of I wear my wristband for me. And then when I hear someone's having a hard day, I take off my wristband and give it to them that says you matter. But then I put one back on my (laughs) wrist for me and I just replenish, replenish the stock because we need it too. That is so remarkable. And that's a good reminder too. Like, I think that sometimes we think that we have to be 100% altruistic. And I think there's something really valuable about, I mean, ultimately what that is, is that's proactive self-care. It's it's showing up for yourself ahead of the moments where you might be at at your lowest. And I think that's really valuable. Yeah. I remember one woman, I think in the Midwest, somewhere was a nurse at a hospital and she reached out to us and said, my patients are suffering. And so many of them come to us after harming themselves. I bought your signs and I got permission to stake 
these signs that say, you are enough, you got this, you matter along our drive into our institution. Well, a couple months later or weeks later, their own son tried to harm himself and ended up being admitted to the same institution of her workplace. And she said, suddenly overnight, those signs changed where they weren't for my patients and the people I serve. They were for me, my son, my family. And I would have never, I just didn't know that we would be facing those same challenges ourselves. So again, this beautiful example of be givers and takers, but don't be afraid to be takers of the hope. Kind of on a related note to your question to me, in your book, you talk about why you think that these signs blew up in your community and around the world. And I would love to dive into those three ideas you believed on why those signs blew up. The first one is you said people are moved by no strings attached kindness. Uh, I think, you know, you're scrolling through our news feeds and you get the headline of someone paying off all the school lunch debts or coworkers buying their colleague a new car or i mean these uh, a flight attendant holding a fussy baby for a weary mama and we read these headlines and we just like for a moment swell with this hope of humanity oh there's so much good and it's so simple it can be so simple. And I think it gets us. It, it reminds us of the goodness. It reminds us of our collective hope rising. And also hopefully our place in that we can offer that to other people. But I think the signs were genius because they come out of nowhere with no strings attached, no branding, no website, no logo. Someone just put words out on a sign hoping I'd take them. Your second point that you made was, you said people resonate with messages that chip away at shame and isolation, where I I definitely sense a little bit of Brene Brown in that part. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I remember a story of a young man who, to be honest, I don't know much about, and he sent us a very brief message, but he said, I have been struggling with addiction, and it was in the middle of the night I saw headlights reflecting on this bright white thing. And as I got closer, I realized it was a yard sign, and it said, your mistakes don't define you. And I have to tell you, the next day I figured out a way to get to rehab and got on an airplane to pursue my own recovery. And I just want to say thank you. And so there's, I think the messages are simple enough and vague enough that all of us can, through the lens of our own suffering, see the hope we need, hear the rallying cry out of nowhere to muster enough courage for the next right thing to face whatever we're facing. I think it's beautiful too that the sign doesn't have an instruction manual. Like the sign doesn't have like, all right, now go to rehab. You know, you should. It's like all of that was inside of this man already. He just needed that little nudge or that little reminder. Yeah. And I tell people, listen, yard signs don't solve problems. Mm. They don't diminish your suffering. They're not meant to solve your suffering. You know, sometimes people will push back and say, this is too simplistic and my wounds are not simplistic. And I would just say, I get it. But what you mentioned, I think, is the heart behind our movement, which is sometimes we need a sign. We need a thing, a token, a physical thing to break up the negative thoughts, to break up the mundane, and to give us a stir of hope. So we don't 
we're not therapy. The signs don't solve depression, right? But what they do is they stir up hope when we need it, like that young man in the middle of the night to say, the time is now. The third reason that you believed that these signs blew up, according to your book, was that people want to help, but some just don't know how to do that. Yeah, I think I believe in the goodness of humanity that underlying past our political disagreements and everything in between that we care about the well-being of other people. And I I don't even know what to do with that myself sometimes where I see the headlines and I hear statistics and I just don't know what to do. And I think there are a lot of people in that boat of the the needs are so great, the suffering so immense. Even when we talk about racism and reconciliation and where do you start? It just seems so big. And what I found is through the movement and our tokens, we were providing people a thing to do when they weren't sure where to start. So pandemic hits, everyone goes into quarantine, shelter in place, essential workers are still going out and risking their health to keep some things moving along. And we blow up with sign orders. Like probably, I think we did 20% of our total sign orders happen in the first six weeks of wow. the pandemic. Just, And we've been around for years. And so what is going on? And I think it was because people said, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to stake a flipping sign in my yard that says, you got this to my neighbor who's a nurse who has to show up to shift without the proper gear tonight. And so I think people found, well, this is a thing I can do. And that not just in pandemic, but in other situations, you know, a foster kid camps are handing out wristbands that say you are enough and don't give up. And just a a thing that we can do, uh, teachers using it for their students and yeah, addiction clinics, mental health clinics, giving these tokens out to their patients where it's just something they can do, something tangible they can give to say, I see you, I care. I would love to hear one more example because I think you're just such a great storyteller of these signs being encountered by somebody who's struggling and it meeting them right where they're at, it being exactly the words that they needed to hear in that moment. Yeah. There are two stories that come to mind and I'll share them shortly with you. The first is a woman, her neighbor had a yard sign in their yard that said, you are worthy of love. And what her neighbor didn't know is that she was in an abusive relationship and trying to figure out how she could leave safely. And so for weeks and weeks and months and months was stirring in her courage to move out of this abusive relationship. And here was a sign in her neighbor's yard saying, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of love. And it, her neighbor eventually shared with her, I left the abusive relationship and I have to thank you. Your signs stirred up my courage to do so. And the second story I'll share is one actually that I start the book with. It happened just a few months after we staked our very first signs. There was a man in Salem, Oregon. He was going to pick up a pizza for dinner for his family, but he had been struggling with severe depression for about seven years. He picked up the pizza and on the drive home decided that tonight was the night he was going to end his life. He took a nostalgic route home, one that had memories for him as a little boy, And it was on that different route home 
he saw something that startled him. In fact, he pulled over his car in disbelief. It was a sign that said, don't give up. And when he looked in the rearview mirror, he saw the words on the back of the sign, you matter. He said he felt overwhelmed with shame that he'd even have these disparaging thoughts, but then also this renewed sense of purpose and hope. So instead of going home and harming himself, he told his family how deeply he was suffering. Then every day he changed his route to work. So he drove by his sign as a reminder, a daily reminder. Eventually, a few months later, he wrote an anonymous thank you note to the address, the people who posted their signs. And that is a whole nother story of why those people in the midst of their suffering put out a yard sign in their yard. And it's such a beautiful reminder to me. One, don't doubt the power of kind, simple words at the right place at the right time. And even if you don't feel hope, even if you don't feel the ability to overcome whatever you're facing, there is hope. Sometimes we just need to borrow it from someone else. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Amy is sharing the three myths that a lot of us believe about changing the world, but the truth will inspire all of us to get involved and make a difference. Sounds Good is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether you feel overwhelmed by the news, you're working through interpersonal relationships, you're unpacking trauma, or you just need someone to talk to, BetterHelp is a fantastic solution for you. It has been a fantastic solution for me. I have actually been using BetterHelp for several months now. I guess I started kind of during the summer in the midst of the pandemic, and it has been so helpful. I love my therapist. I love being able to work through things. And I love that I'm able to do it from wherever I'm at, especially as you know the world's starting to open up a little bit more. It's a little bit safer to go out. I might be traveling and I can still stay in touch with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to get matched with your own licensed professional therapist and it's affordable and financial aid is available. You can actually get started today by just answering a few questions about yourself and what kind of therapist you're looking for, and they will get you matched with your perfect BetterHelp counselor and ready to start in under 48 hours. And BetterHelp is offering a special offer for Sounds Good listeners, 10% off your first month when you take your quiz to get started at betterhelp.com good. That's betterhelp.com good to save 10% and to help support the show. Sounds Good is sponsored by Libro FM. Libro FM is the company that lets you support a local bookstore every time you download an audiobook. Here's how it works. Libro FM members get one audiobook credit per month for $14.99. And you can use it on any audiobook you want, no matter how much the audiobook actually costs. When you download audiobooks through Libro FM, you get to help support a local bookstore of your choosing. You keep money within your local economy, you create local jobs, 
and you make a difference in your community. A quick update on what I am listening to right now via Libra FM. I have fallen in love with the writing of Ted Chang. He is now my new favorite writer. He writes science fiction short stories that are thoughtful, make you think about humans, the planet, the way that we coexist. He is so brilliant, but his stories are so digestible. And I just powered through one of his books this week. I highly recommend it. And you can get that or whatever book you want at Libro FM. And as a special offer for Sounds Good listeners, Libro FM is offering two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership when you use the code GOOD. All you have to do is visit the website Libro.fm. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M and use the promo code GOOD to get started with two audiobooks and to help support this show. So another thing that I loved in your book, you dove into this uh, this chapter where you explained the three myths of changing the world. And I know that I want to make a difference in the world. I know that our listeners want to make a difference in the world. But sometimes it feels challenging or difficult. And so I would love to dive into these three myths so that we can better understand how to do this and, and the, the internal resistance that we're all facing. And so the first myth was small acts are insignificant. Tell me a, a little bit about that. Yes, lie. They are not insignificant. <laughs> well, we briefly talked about that, how these no strings attack acts of kindness, even to strangers, we can recall it years later, witnessing this beautiful exchange between strangers on the side of the road or, or, you know, the time when we ran out of gas and a stranger pulled over and helped us. And we remember for so long and it was so simple. And so I think that there, we butt up against that. It's not big enough. It's not, I don't have enough money. I don't have a big enough platform to do this big good I want to do. And I would just say, well, hogwash, (laughs) you can do the small things and they matter. One of the things I've had to be careful about in accidentally starting a global movement is to not discount the small things I do in my personal life to say, oh, I'm doing enough with this big thing over Mm. here, this nonprofit, but to stay active with my radar on on the small things I can still do in my personal life, uh, especially when I encounter people with needs. So I'm constantly trying to adopt that mindset that the small things matter. That's such a good reminder because... I I love systemic change. Like that's the big thing that I've been learning so much about over the last year is how do we uproot systems? But sometimes I do have that that thing where I'm like, okay, I'm working hard to call my elected representatives to make them create systemic solutions for, for example, my neighbors experiencing homelessness. And I'll do that to a point where I'm neglecting my own neighbors who sleep outside. And what an opportunity to be reminded to do both and that the small acts are meaningful and important and I should continue to do them. Yeah, it would be too bad if we aimed big and high and didn't notice the need right in front of us, right next to us. Number two, the second myth of changing the world is that somebody else will do it. 
this is (laughs) convicting. It also can produce guilt. And certainly I don't want to do that. But I think the idea here is, yeah, I, I, who am I? That's what I felt. That's what you felt in starting the newspapers. This is dumb. Will this really do any good? And yet it has your paper (laughs) and our products. I think sometimes we put people on a pedestal who do the big good things And it's easy to say, well, surely it's because they have that resource. They have those connections and we count ourselves out. And I have been challenged in witnessing the goodness of humanity through this movement that it's not these big philanthropists and huge influencers that are going to meet all the needs. It's us. It's us in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our families, with our friends. That is beautiful. And Number three, the third myth of changing the world is I'm too busy. Yeah. So let me tell you about busyness. I wear like (laughs) a badge of honor (laughs) and it is a way that I make myself feel more important than I am by how busy my calendar is. And that has been a really rude awakening in the pandemic when my calendar doesn't look the same as it did before because I have a side, I have my day job of a speaker coach and working with corporations and speakers and TED Talk speakers, providing speaker coach. And then suddenly this nonprofit movement that began grassroots, that became a thing while parenting my two young daughters, while volunteering to teach Sunday school in church, while leading teams to Rwanda. And I could have easily said, wow, just too much, too busy. I don't, my plate is too full. And I want to I want to just call out the elephant in the room. We shouldn't eliminate all margin in our life. I have tried to implement a weekly sabbat in the Jewish tradition of a day of rest and it was been really really hard. <laughs> um, but that it's important, right? It's important to, to be filled up so that we can pour out. But we can still pour out and I don't think we're too busy to write someone a card and put it in the mail. And we're not too busy to FaceTime our grandmas. And we're not too busy to stop and ask a neighbor how their son is doing after an accident. I think our radars need to stay on. And we might just convince ourselves of the lie we're too busy if we're not careful. So helpful. I think Can I that, say something real fast? Please though? do. Okay. Because <laughs> you've said it a few times and I cringe every time. The subtitle of my book, Brandon, I hated it. It's, mm. what is it? How love can change the world? A small act of love can change your world. Oh, barf. So this is, <laughs> this is the, oh, it's so cliche. Let me try to give my publishers a different subtitle. And then I realized, oh no, pretty much all subtitles are cliche. Okay, we'll run with it. <laughs> but I really resist that phrase of changing the world because there's so much pressure and it does sound so cliche. But what I have learned in this movement is that we can change things. Like you said, you can call representatives. You can pay the rent for your neighbor. We can do these things. And we don't have to call it changing the world, but certainly you can change your corner of it. And it's not hard. You don't have to have your stuff together. You don't have to be perfect. Come with your wounds. We don't need perfect superheroes in capes. We just need each other to show up, seeing each other willing to do something. 
That's Amy Wolf, the founder of Don't Give Up. You can pre-order, or depending when you're listening to this, just order Amy's book, Signs of Hope. It actually comes out tomorrow. You can get it wherever you buy books. And you can also get a sign and other Don't Give Up products at don'tgiveupsigns.com. If you get a sign, you put it up in your yard, tag us in a photo. We want to see it. Uh, It's so cool to imagine a bunch of Sounds Good listeners making a difference in their communities. You can also follow Amy and her organization on Instagram at Amy N. Wolf. That's Wolf with two Fs. And uh, at Don't Give Up Signs. This podcast was created by Good, Good, Good. At Good, 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 we help you feel more hopeful and do more good. You can find more good news and ways to make a difference in our weekly email newsletter, our beautiful print good newspaper, or online at goodgoodgood.co. This episode was created by Kaylee Thompson, Megan Burns, and me, Brandon Harvey. It was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. If you want to support the show, there are two things you can do. The first is you can subscribe. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you can get all of our episodes. We love having people stick around for the long haul. Number two, share this episode. If you connected with this, if you think that the people who follow you online will connect with it, please share it on Instagram in whatever way feels most natural to you. And I also just want to say in advance, thank you so much for sharing good news and for inspiring people to take good action. And with that, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Go out and remind others that their stories matter. And we'll be back next week with more good news and good action. Sound good? Sound good?